Truth in Texas Banking. I'm LaVonda Renfro. Today's show will highlight what it really means to be a mentor, why we do it, and why we should always stay hopeful for the future. Two of our bankers who specialize in commercial banking are sharing their stories teaching at Texas Southern University. They have a new commercial banking program in Houston. Welcome to the show, Castell and Chaz. I'm so excited to have two guests with me that are prominent bankers in the Houston area, but really just two people who I think you're going to enjoy hearing from. So welcome to the show, Castell Hibbert and Chaz Francis. Thank you. Thanks, LaVonda. Well, we're so happy to have you. Many of you may or may not know the banks. We operate with a couple of different universities on their commercial banking program. And about a year ago, we were approached. TSU was going to start their commercial banking program. And we were very excited to be a part of that initial inaugural kickoff. And one of the things I was most excited about, because I, I'm lucky to get to work with Castell every day and Chaz. I'm, I'm, I'm can't wait to get to know more about you. But really what I want to do is really talk about you know, talk about what TSU's commercial banking program is. And then I really want to ask you some questions about the why. So Chaz, could you talk with us just about what the program is about? Yes. Yeah, so we have, you know, students in at TSU, they're in their junior and senior year of, uh, of education. I guess at some point, you know, they want to be bankers. And when I first heard about uh, this opportunity, I was real excited because yeah. I, I just think it's a wonderful for us as seasoned bankers to, to kind of give back and mentor some of these young folks who want to become bankers. Sometimes you, know, you, you have an idea and you just don't know how to get there and probably need a nudge or a push here and there and some you know, old-fashioned mentorship to kind of get you there. And, I, I, right. and so I saw this as an opportunity. I, I feel that it, it, it is a responsibility for us to always, you know, look back, give back, reach back, and try to do what we can and uh, help young folks, you know, venture into something that, that's kind of an unknown at this point in their education. You know, I, I remember when I was in class, it, you know, learning from <laughs> directly from the people involved in, in the opportunities, you know, meant the most to me. Yeah, I think that's interesting you say that because one of the things we've been talking about quite a bit, the bank is that, you know, that gap, all of us were in that they had commercial banking programs, they had credit mm-hmm. training programs at lots of right. banks and things like that. But that gap's been gone about 15, yeah, almost 20 years now. Yeah. So that gap is there. But I also think it was interesting. I was talking to one of our other employees and they said, look, there are a lot of jobs in banking that people may not know about. I think people mm-hmm. think that they're this, you know, very one dimensional, but there are a lot of good jobs in banking, right? right. And so I think this program, what it does is really opens the eyes of what opportunities there may be and maybe a perceived notion of it and then what is reality, right? Exactly. I yeah. agree. 100%. Yeah. So Castell, were you were you mentored early in your career? Did you have a mentor that helped get you where you are? Yeah, I did. But it was a mentor. It was not in the banking. I did. I believe it or not, I started my first two summers working for National Bank of Detroit, which, of uh-huh. course, voted in J.P. Morgan Chase in the latter years. But my mentor was at General Motors Truck and Coke. And okay. I was a co-op student for three and a half years. And uh, he happened to have been an older fraternity brother of mine, took under his wing, and still, you know, here's the way corporate America works. You know, here's the proper dress. Here's the way you conduct yourself, and you have to be the best of the best just to have an opportunity to compete for that opportunity. And it took a while as a young man out of Detroit <laughs> uh, for, for, for it to sink in, but I also had the opportunity to go to graduate school. When it was time to have my first professional opportunity, I got and understood it. And this, let me go one step forward. I, I went to a, a large group, a large church in Detroit, and most of the members there were business owners uh-huh. and college educated. 
that mentored all the young folk as to what we should and what we shouldn't do. So I was just fortunate to have that opportunity at a young age to learn. And there was no hurry to grow and progress. And that's what a lot of our young people today miss out. They're not raised households where the families are business owners or necessarily educated. Uh So they're having to look elsewhere for opportunities or someone has to pull them by the side and be able to say that you can do this. Here's an opportunity. Have you thought about? So what I hear you saying, and Chaz, I'll ask you at TSU, are some of the participants or the students that go there, first-generational college students? A lot of the young folks are. Some of them are from out of state. And a lot of the parents uh, were not college educated. But but the majority, I will tell you, know nothing about the commercial banking area, financial services area. Right. That's an area that they don't have mentors or someone that looks like that'll take them under the wings to explain the opportunities in our set. Yeah. How about you, Chaz? What do you see? I would say the same. I, I agree with Castell. I, I think a lot of the folks are probably their the first generation uh, going to college, you know, standing in front of them. You know, what I see is a hunger, a desire to learn, you know, people who are looking for an opportunity. And also, yeah. you know, they're looking for someone to kind of validate the fact that, hey, if he can do it, if this guy standing in front of me can do it, then I probably can do it as well. So, that, that was something that, that I always kind of looked at. You know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, feeling like it's something I couldn't accomplish. Right. Uh, I didn't have any mentors when I went to college. When, when I got out of graduate school, I did. I went to work for a private equity firm. And uh, one of the uh, partners, uh, John McFarland, he's uh, he's no longer with us, but he was a CPA. He had worked in industry for years. He was uh-huh. uh, he had been a senior vice president at Baker Hughes. I mean, he was a well-traveled, well-experienced guy. Yeah. And, you know, he saw a young guy like me out of grad school that was hungry and wanted to learn. And he taught me, I mean, he personally taught me almost practically everything I know about financial analysis <laughs> that, that you can get from any, uh, you know, credit training program. So I, I think about him a lot, especially when I work with young, because he, yeah. he was someone that was that roll up his sleeves at the drop of a hat, look at numbers, crunch numbers. And he was always excited about it. He was never bored about it by uh, being an audit partner from Arthur Young, precursor to all these other <laughs> big yeah, five companies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he had seen practically kind of every business transaction you could possibly see or have. And he understood, you know, what what makes a company tick, what makes them work. You know, always look for uh, numbers that'll that'll validate what it is that you're trying to prove. And so that that's what I think about when I work with young people. I feel it's my responsibility to do the same like he did, you know, give back. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's interesting. You both said that, said you both may have gotten different types of mentoring, but mm-hmm. someone walked alongside you. Yeah. kind of help you know with conversation right. or just whatever it was right yeah. and that is a maybe some of the missing link and that's been i think you've both just by knowing who you are you found your purpose that gives you fulfillment right no and, point, absolutely. yeah I yeah agree. i mean so, i don't know about the rest of you but you know the older i get the more it's like you know, someone's <laughs> got to come up and take our place at some point right. so if we don't teach them who's going to yeah. do it right right exactly. so so we got to do that. So, Chaz, I know that you're teaching now at TSU. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So I've just been helping with the classes, the, the uh, credit training classes. I have a, a long background in, in credit analysis. I was a, you know, I've been an underwriter for years, underwriting manager. I was an underwriting manager for Regions Bank for a while, too. And we used to have to teach the credit training classes there. Okay. You know, we, we would go to Birmingham every year for about a week, working all the college students. So I kind of kind of got jump start on Yeah. On um, what to do, and so it was. It was a natural fit, you know. When Castell, you know, asked me about it, 
And I said, yeah, you know, the good thing about like the program at, uh, at Regents Bank was, you know, we would not only get to, as underwriting managers, we not only get a chance to teach the, the credit training courses, but we could also get a chance to pick the students coming to our group after that. So this is akin to that at TSU where we can bring some of these kids in, we can we can start mentoring them, get them up to speed, credit training, and then mm-hmm. bring them in as interns. And, you know, who knows, you know, at some point they may become an underwriter for our groups. I just see it as a win case. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think it's amazing that you, what you guys are both all doing. Like I said, I think a lot of it is just, again, putting kind of the flair back into being a banker. It used to, you remember <laughs> back in the day, yeah. being a banker was a good job, right? Yeah. It was, a, yeah, you know, absolutely. went away for a while and now everybody, you know, went private equity and all this stuff, but it's, it's a good, it's a good job. It's a great career and you can have fulfillment in it if, if it's something you have passion for. Absolutely. And I know that you and Castell both have a passion for mentoring people. So Castell, mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question. I think you and I've had a conversation offline about this before, yeah. just about young people and stuff. And so right now, a lot of young people, hey, my kids included, they're connected to their you know devices. Devices are not relationships, right? That's so correct. you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because that purpose behind how do we help younger folks who Listen, not their fault. We let them grow up on devices and things like that. How do we help them connect to build relationships with people? With I think the thing that they have to understand is, is that even with our customers, uh, we have to talk to people. A mm-hmm. lot of folks want to have one-on-one conversations via telephone or in person. You know, mm-hmm. what's interesting is, is that I still talk to my customers on the phone, still send emails. But, but when we send an email, they'll send a text. I just sent you an email, but you, <laughs> you have longer, detailed, meaningful conversations in person, whether it's Zoom or go to meetings or telephone conversations. So once they recognize that they have a, a more direct connection, interaction, a personal relationship with those individuals, and it's appreciated more. And it's more prevalent in the business world and not yeah. just, just in communication in general, but when they're dealing with someone over 40, yeah. if you're dealing with someone over 40, there's a way that as, as older folks, if I use that term, <laughs> <laughs> want, want to interact. On yeah. I still right. want the, the written communication, but that doesn't do as much for me as being able to have a face-to-face or direct conversation with uh, brevity is not always as important with that. So I think the kids have the ability, both a means of communication are important, but that one-on-one with direct conversation, hopefully that won't go away because that's more meaningful long-term and building bridges and relationships. Yeah. I, I, I said, can I add to that a sure, little bit? Um, I mean, Castell is 100% right. You know, the first thing I learned um, when I got out of graduate school was that, you know, finance, banking, it's about relationship. It's a relationship right. business. It's about building a relationship. Um, when I was in school, we did all, all group projects and I hated them, but they kept saying the reason you're doing group projects is because it's about relationships. And it is, it's, it's absolutely. And so it's incumbent on us as professionals to convey that to the to younger folks. And, and and then we have to take opportunities to make sure that they're fully engaged. Um, yeah. You know, because I, you know, I have four daughters. I see them pulling away. They're always on their devices and, and all this and that. And it, there is a tendency to, to kind of pull away from uh, direct 
face to face. When I was an underwriting manager, I used to make sure that my underwriters got a chance to go on calls with relationship managers. That's, it's about relationships. It's about a relationship between the underwriter and, and a and relationship, relationship manager and the customer, underwriter and the customer. So always have to have an understanding that communication. Yes, because you have technology that face to face, shaking someone's hand, looking them directly in the eye, and doing business with them. It's about trust, right? And you can't really disseminate that, you know, through a text. <laughs> I'm sorry, you right? And it's making us as people become more uh, closed off in an age of patient where we should be more open and, and we have yeah. more access to it. So I think we have to fight against our nature to make sure that, hey, let's go you grab somebody. You know, yeah. when I was an underwriting manager, I grabbed my underwriter and say, hey, let's go talk to the credit guy. Hey, let's go talk to the relationship manager. When by their very personality, they want to be closed off you know, with their devices, with their email mm-hmm. and all that <laughs> stuff. You make them do it. And then you let their personality shine. And so in, in a classroom, you got to call them on kids, make them answer questions. You got to you have to force that because, again, like I said, it's about relationships. Okay. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I know this is kind of a little bit maybe mm-hmm. off subject, but I do think it's a real part of a banking program to some degree because if a banking program is about building relationships, yes. mm-hmm. not only do you have to know how to crunch the numbers and look right. at all mm-hmm. that, you got to know how to build relationships, right? Yeah. So exactly. is that a, is that something we have thought about maybe doing a part of our curriculum, networking and, you know, some basic business etiquette and things like that? I, th- I think the answer is, is definitely yes. Uh, we both, uh, Chaz and I, have talked with uh, John Scroggins, who's director in residence over at Texas Southern. Uh-huh. And a lot of the young people, they're smart. Oh, you know, yeah. They, um, they've uh, all passed their RMA core curriculum with their certifications. Yeah. But as we continue to talk with them, it's business etiquette. How do you have conversations, communicate mm-hmm. with those un- that are not like you? You know, right. business professionals, co-workers, other students that are in the summer internship program. And they have not had to communicate out of that immediate circle they have. And that's right. something they have to develop and learn over a period of time. And right. we're trying to get them to understand you have to learn to develop it sooner than later, even with summer job that you have, you have to spend time with people and talk. Yeah. You know, you have, can't just listen to uh, some of the conversation I have with them is that you may want to pick up a business periodical and read something beside the sports page, or whatever, <laughs> whatever your particular areas that you have an interest in so right. that you can communicate mm-hmm. different things that are relevant to folks that are not like you. Yeah. And that takes work. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you say that because one of the things I did when my kids were a little bit smaller, one's still in college, one's out, but you know, back in the day, we made them do the order on the telephone, order the food, so they had to talk with someone, and then we said, okay, make a doctor's appointment, just anything to say you have to be able to talk to have a conversation and you know not ordering for them in a restaurant what would you like to have you know just even the smallest of things just to make them talk because they would be on that phone all the time if you if you let them right yes we're having those conversations the kids are coming along they're learning yeah that's part of their weekly training over at the university well i wanted to ask i wanted to ask you both this question you know You both have had great careers and you've given back a lot. I know, look, work is work and it's not who you are, it's what you do, right? So giving back to others is really who you are. Tell me why. Other than you said, okay, already someone walks alongside of you and you want to pay it forward. But what is it the crux for you both that says, I want to do something for someone else? Chaz, you want to go first? Sure, I'll I'll take that one. 
<laughs> you know, growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher uh-huh. until I saw how much. <laughs> we got we to pay them more money. <laughs> I've always wanted to be someone that, you know, that could, you know, help others. And this idea, I mean, is it you know, just for the sake of giving or make, well, it makes me feel good. So I'm, I'm yeah. just going to be honest. I, I love helping. I, I've always been someone that I was a fast learner. When I would get it, I wanted somebody else to get it as well. As an underwriting manager for years, you know, I I used to tell my uh, my direct reports, hey, we share the wealth. You know, <laughs> don't yeah. learn something and and don't share it with someone else. That's Demand the fish, right? Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> it's part of my nature to want to teach, want to help. I really enjoy it. And the other thing is credit training classes that, that we teach, you know, as, as an underwriter. I mean, that's it's like second nature to me. It's real easy to me. And so now, do I have an ability to, to, to teach? I don't know. You have to ask the students to see <laughs> if I'm any good at it. I, said like- I, I, I feel like, you know, educate people and help them. And it, it is a little bit of work, but, you know, I always believe that anything worthwhile requires a bit of a sacrifice. So if you can't sacrifice to give back, you know, to help other students coming up, then shame yeah. on you. Yeah. Uh, I have no, ex- and no, no excuses whatsoever. To not to- I, I love that. I love that it makes you feel mm-hmm. like not only is it, it's maybe, you know, a calling to some degree. It's that, you know, something mm-hmm. like I'm called to do this. When I do it, I'm fulfilled. Yeah. I tell the kids, I mean, they, they thank me and I say, no, you, Thank you. I mean, this is this is rewarding. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. How about you, Castell? Well, it's part of my DNA, as as you are, as you already know. I, <laughs> I do because that's who I am. But you know, it, it's been amazing to me over the years, not just students, but also neighbors, coworkers, anyone who wants advice or suggestions. Because I've had a fantastic career for thirty eight years and been all yeah. over the country. I, I love just sharing information. And I've had young folks that have told me, you don't know how you impact my life. And I'm kind of surprised, but it's just because <laughs> it's just kind of what I do. But I'm also at a point in my career where there's so much information that I don't want lost. Right. You know? right. And if I have young folks or people who are willing to be a sponge, I will share all the information. It's like computer. I'm, I'm going to download as much as I can download <laughs> yeah. if they're willing to listen. Yeah. Information to give, even in our environment here. You know, it's all about collaboration. If what's good for me is good for the whole and vice versa. If we collaborate and work together and share information, it's better for our families, it's better for our organization, it's better for everyone who's involved with positive energy. You know, I just love doing it. I see the difference it makes in a lot of people's lives in it. It fulfills me by being able to share information and make others around me better as yeah. a result of that or help them fulfill their dreams. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And, you know, we're thankful for people like both of you because it does take people like both of you keep this going. And, the, you know, the, keep the, the will of knowledge to keep going. It's not something that can just be in a book. It has to be looked at. It's a visual. It has right. to be felt. It's an experience. Yeah. And so... Both of you doing that for the students at TSU and through the commercial banking program, I think it's one of the best things I've heard that, you know, bankers are sometimes perceived as, oh, we just care about certain things. But I have not met a banker yet and that I've worked with that don't care about how we grow this this organizations, right? Yes. This job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to thank both of you for that.
At Veritex Community Bank, we want to be a part of the future of banking because we understand how important banking is to our community. A banking partner should uphold the values of the community and have knowledge of the best practices for a business. To achieve these aspirations, we recruit students to join the Veritex Community Bank Internship Program. Over 10 weeks, students are immersed in the Veritex Bank culture and receive hands-on experience in banking. Our paid internship isn't about getting coffee, it's about becoming a servant to your community. And if you're still asking yourself, why choose a career in banking? Choose banking because it's a career with endless possibilities. From investigating fraud attempts to supporting the community within a local branch, a career in banking can provide a path to a long-lasting career. Many Veritex Bank employees grow in their fields, are promoted to new areas of the bank, and have celebrated many career milestones in banking. To learn more about the Veritex Bank Internship Program, contact our Talent Development Director, Garth Edwards, at 970 972- 5286771 that's 9725286771 or visit veritexbank.com be a part of the future of banking be a part of truth in texas banking I do have a couple of questions I want to make sure I ask really important how okay. did the TSU program decide Hey, we need a commercial banking program. What evidence for doing that? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Let me let me tell you. I've, I've talked to John Scroggins, who's the executive director in residence, another forty-year banker. Right. And John and and he worked with George Martinez, who chairman of uh, Legends Bank, and they saw the need that we did not have bankers in our respective communities that look like us, where client base felt comfortable in sharing information where they could help grow the business. I mean, in, in my 38 career, I've, I've only known a handful of bankers at my level in the senior ranks throughout the country, which, yeah. which is unfortunate. And they saw the need here with use and continue to be more diverse, where Texas Southern had an opportunity to be a feeder for the banking community here in Houston, where that will be the place to go to educate young African-American bankers or minority bankers, because the school's somewhat pretty diverse over there at Texas Southern University, uh-huh. where it'll be a feeder for, all the, for the whole banking community, where if you're looking for quality students that have already been RMA trained, right, it's a place to go. And the beauty of that, too, is, is that as they continue to grow, they're looking at other programs from treasury management to compliance. Banking, as we all know, is very broad in terms of career opportunities, and they're taking it step by step where they're going to have other curriculums within that to do that. So they they see the need and they know they're at the embassy stages and it's only going to get better as we go. That's awesome. How about you, Chaz? I found out about the program through uh, Castell. And of course, when he told me about it, you know, I jumped, you know, right away and got a chance to meet John Scroggins and uh, just talking to John. I mean, John is very passionate about it. it you know, banking, um, you know, it's very incestuous where you, Castell just mentioned George Martinez. And I, when I first started banking, I, I was at Sterling Bank. And of mm-hmm. course, George Martinez was at Sterling. And then, you know, Comerica purchased Sterling. I moved over to Dead Compass for about six years, but a lot of the Sterling people ended up at Allegiance. So <laughs> Yeah, John ended up working with a lot of people that worked with me, trained me when I was a young banker. When I got out of graduate school, I went and worked for a private equity firm for a couple of years. Then I did another stint 
at a, a non-bank lender before I actually got into actual banking. So I, I'd worked with some of the people like at Allegiance Bank. And so John and I, we just hit it off right away. Yeah. And then, and you know, again, I always wanted to give back. When I found out that TSU had this program, I was late. I was, I was like, sign me up. I'm ready to, yeah. I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and, and uh, go help. I have uh, two degrees from University of Houston. TSU is it's just right across the way. I, I was able to go to University of Houston because I had I went to the Army and I had Army pay for my education. Right. Um, people get to school, you know, in many different ways. And, and so I, I just think it's educated population. It's better society all the way around. I told my kids, you don't have a choice. You're going to college. Do <laughs> <laughs> what you want afterwards, but you're going to college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, Get a job or go to college. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's going to college. But also, I, I tell my daughters, I say, look, I've been a banker for a long time, but banking jobs may not be around, you know, when you graduate or when you decide out you want to be or to be in some other form or fashion or whatever. But education is always, I, I started out in engineering, ended up in computer science and finally realized finance is where I wanted to be. And then once I found commercial banking, I was like, okay, I'm home. I love what I do. It's easy to, to teach. It's very nuanced. It's not rocket science, but it's something that you have to get good at uh, doing. Right. It's repetition and, too. You got to do yeah, it over right. and over again, right? Over and over and over again. Again, it'd be shame on me if I just kept all this information, all the experience, everything I've learned to myself. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, you know, I mentioned this before, when I was in school, my favorite classes always was someone from industry that came in and that lectured us that day and nothing against professors and not, you know, I, I respect their profession, yeah. what they do. Yeah. But when you actually talk to someone or listen to someone that's actually, you know, you know, if somebody like Castella walked into my my classroom, I would have been on the front row, like <laughs> taking soaking notes, it in, soaking it in, soaking like, it in. Okay, this is the guy I want to listen to. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's very, very rewarding. It's reciprocity. You, you know, you give back, give you, and all this and that, and. It all works together. So I love it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what you guys make me feel like, you know, want to make sure we're doing more. And I, I know that the bank, you know, we want to make sure we provide those opportunities to the people who work with us too, to, to do that mm-hmm. with Estelle, of course, and with others. So I want to ask you both the last question on this is just, what is your hope? When will you say, listen, I see success when at the TSU you know, commercial banking program, this is what my hope for is for this program. So Chaz, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think Castell mentioned it when it when it becomes a feeder uh, program to uh, to banks in Houston or in Texas in general. You know, we have a lot of good schools. You know, we have we have A and M. You know, I, when I was a um, underwriting manager, I hired a couple people from Baylor. Yeah, Southwest. It, this changed names a couple of times. But they Texas have good, State. Texas State, right? They have a good yeah. banking program uh, right down the street um, in Montgomery County. We have a, a number of good schools that educate and send bankers to us. And when TSU is just doing that uh, competitively right. on an ongoing basis, I, I think that we can say, you know, we're, you, you know, there's success along the way, obviously. Exactly. Because uh, it's, it's, a, it's right. a marathon. It's not a sprint. So the kids that are being taught today very well be, you know, very, very successful in banking or in some other industry down the road. And so that's always viewed as a, as a success. But the program itself, and, I, and I've told John Scroggins, I'm committed. Time he needs me to come over and volunteer to teach a class, I'll, I'll be more than happy to do so. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you. How about you, Castell? I think the you know, being a numbers guy, I think the, <laughs> the five years is a good point for us to look at it, to, to assess it. But as Chaz said, when the banks start having Texas Southern, the r- regular rotation, because the best and brightest come out of Texas Southern, that's when we know we really have a winner yeah. there. You know, and 
And it goes beyond that. For example, Prairie View and A&M has outstanding nursing program. So if you want to go to nursing, you have many choices, but Prairie View and A&M is one of the choices uh, right up with the rest of them. You you, Uh you can choose where you want to go. And this is an opportunity for lots of different kids on commercial banking, knowing that if they want to go in, not commercial, in banking in general, Texas Southern is an option to go, is a university they can go to because the, the program is well-respected throughout the country. And, right. I, I, and let me go a step further. When we were, I was at our, our advisory board meeting last Thursday for another 13 HBCU, uh, historically black college and university, asked them, what are you doing? How can we get involved? There's other universities around the country that want to mirror what Texas Southern has put in place. Wow. Because they see an opportunity to provide another career track for Mm. their students to get them into a, a technical field. So I, so I think we're on to the right the right program here in uh, Houston right now. We just have to continue to grow and nurture it, nurture the students, put them the right mentors and sponsors. It's a long haul. I mean, it's not right. a sprint. Yeah, right. It takes a while to get there and, and getting the right students in it. And, and we'll see over a period of time. I think it's going to do well. Yeah. But it takes a while just to get there. So I'm well, glad it, we were committed to being on the ground floor, helping endow this program, and we all stay committed. And, and I'll tell you, Chance has been real kind, but Chance has been over at least eight times teaching classes. So he's, Chaz? Yeah. He, yeah he, he's being very modest right now. I mean, yeah. they say he's the best in, uh, outside instructor or adjunct professor. That's what I'm going to call you. They have. The kids Ooh, get excited when he comes I like over. that. Adjunct professor, Chaz Francis. Thank you. They're very modest. I love them over there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I just got to tell both of you, you have uh, filled my heart today with how you both mentor and how you both have a passion for helping others and students. And quite frankly, just being on the ground of really what needs to be done and giving opportunities for those who may not know there's opportunity, right? right and right. this is just the first part of that. And it takes people to do that. It takes money. It takes yeah. time. It takes all of us to get it done. But yes. I don't think we could ask for two finer people to help us get that started at TSU. So thank you both very much. I'm I'm really, really uh, touched by your passion for mentoring. I'm glad. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so both so much. 